Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I am here with Julia from Team Triumph Triathlon club and online store in Ontario, Canada. What's up, Julia? How are you today? I'm excellent. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into this here. How did we originally get started in the fitness space? What did that look like then? And kind of where are you now? Kind of walk me through that process there. Okay, so uh, it's a long story because I'm 57 now, so you can imagine it's a very long story and I don't want to go way, way back, but I actually started teaching um, badminton when I was nine and uh, in a club. And uh, I started in the club industry when I was nine years old. So that's a long time ago. And uh, I absolutely loved it um, and have been in the club industry my entire life. Uh, mm-hmm. I went from there to, uh, you know, getting a degree in exercise physiology combined with uh, recreation management um, and worked in the Y and then uh, went from club to club to club to club working in different fitness facilities and then moved to Ontario from Quebec. Uh, and became, uh, after I graduated from university and became the fitness director at a huge athletic club here in Ottawa um, with, uh, you know, the full swimming, tennis, racquetball, squash, you name it, we had it there. So I had the opportunity to to run a club for nine years uh, and it was an awesome, awesome job. Uh, From there, I got into the corporate fitness uh, industry and uh, started my own company. It was originally called Personal Best, and uh, we went into different corporations and put in fitness facilities and programming for companies. We had a huge high-tech boom here in Ottawa, and um, it was great. So much fun. And then we had a high-tech crash, and uh, that wasn't so great. So then uh, pivoted again and got into coaching triathlon. Uh, In 2002, um, Simon Whitfield won the Olympics uh, in triathlon, Canadian fellow, and it was the first uh, Olympic uh, preview of triathlon. And so a bunch of people came to me and said, listen, we know you do triathlon. We'd love to have you start a club. So we started the club in 2002 and it really started out with um, the idea being I, I was a single mom uh, uh, raising two very active boys on my own completely and uh, so I had to find a way to be able to continue the business without um, going into before you know, uh, school and after school hours. So it really started out with uh, people who were available just during the day. So stay at home parents, shift workers, and, um, you know, anybody who ran their own business and had a little bit of flexibility to train during the day. So that's how we started. Mm -hmm. Where are we now? We've got a club of 122 members and, uh, and growing strong and uh, yeah, we continue with uh, practices during the day, but also now we've got people who can come at 6.30 in the morning and train in the evening if needed, yeah. Okay, awesome. So quite the ride there that has led you to where you are today. So now how do you structure things now within the business 
because you're not in that original brick and mortar facility currently. So now you're mostly in an online space. So how do you structure your training uh, to kind of keep people motivated and, and on board with their training, not being in a physical facility? Yeah. So um, after I left the athletic club that we were at, uh, I created a business partnership with them. So this was a really different type of concept for gyms, right? So here I have this club that's kind of within the club. Uh, so we had a business partnership that uh, involved renting the space. So I was able to teach cycling classes, spinning classes, and use their gym for strength training uh, and yoga. And uh, we used the pool for private swimming lessons. So it was great because, I mean, owning a triathlon club, the triathletes don't want to be inside and we're in Canada, cold Canada. So they don't want to be inside from May to September. So I looked at the opportunity of, you know, opening up a spin studio and having yoga and strength, but really it, it, the triathletes won't be there. So there's right. really no point. Right. So um, then uh, we had this great business partnership. And then of course, in March of 2020, uh, everything got shut down. And unfortunately, this massive athletic club is now closed, which is really, really sad. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've lost a lot of good friends uh, that way because you know, we, we don't see each other. So right. when they closed, there was a, a massive pivot again on my part. I had to suddenly go, okay, well, now what? So I uh, put in a gym in my basement and um, then I also added an endless pool. So it's like a pool in the garage that has a current that pushes against you yeah. um, and a little cardio room. <clears throat> um, so that sort of took care of that. And then the rest of it is online. So um, it, it was a, actually a fellow business uh, person who said this to me, you know, Julia, it's kind of like the Uber concept, you know, how if you talk to a taxi driver, they're really kind of miserable about the fact that Uber exists. So you can either be miserable or you can jump on board. Uh, so I decided to jump on board and get into the online stuff. And okay. uh, there's a there's a program called Zwift, which if you're a cyclist, you know what it is. It's a, a group cycling program that's all online and it's like a video gaming type thing. So right. we got onto Zwift and we all meet online and we're all on Discord. If you know what Discord is, yes. all, gam all gamers know Discord. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're all on Discord and we're all riding on there and um, that's how we meet up for cycling. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. awesome that you were able to pivot many times along the way, you know, and that's something that's so important is being able to adapt and pivot and continue along because there are so many people that don't, you know, whether that mm -hmm. be because they're afraid to or because a lot of people, you know, kind of get in their own way there. And you said it that um, with the relation to the taxi drivers and uber which is something that's it's so funny that you brought that up because i was just reading something the other day and it said you know i'm sure that taxi drivers wish that they thought of uber and hotels wish that they thought of airbnbs exactly 
you know, and it's like, there are so many people who get so stuck in their ways of what they're doing and never really think outside of that. And sometimes that holds people back. So being able to and willing to constantly pivot and adapt is something that's so important in this industry that's become very prevalent over the last two years or so. Um, so very cool that you've been able to do that and continue making that work so now as far as your membership base goes the the club itself the group of people that you're working with how many people are you working with currently so 122 members we have currently and i'm 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 pretty proud of the fact that we're at 122 that's the highest that we've ever had uh pre-covid we'd hit 117 and we were really excited like when we hit 100 yeah um and we were on a massive growth trajectory and um then covid hit and then boom down went the membership and right. uh yeah, it was tough i mean in canada we're we've been locked down a whole lot more we're currently locked down we we, we don't have access to clubs or pools right now um but uh i was really really happy that we were able to then grow back up to where we were pre-covid and now we're farther than we were absolutely that's amazing and how were you able to get there now? How are you getting the word out about what it is that you do? Is it mostly just uh, within the community of triathletes? Is it word of mouth referrals? How are we getting out there? Uh, all of those. So word yeah. of mouth for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know we have ref a referral program. So if you refer a friend or a family member that uh, you get a credit in your account to buy something in the store or towards another program. Uh, social media. Um, I'm really uh, grateful for Brenda, our virtual assistant, who's our boarding coordinator uh, she does all of the social media stuff and she is awesome and that was a huge huge win for our club to have her come yeah. on yeah definitely um, and then it's also about the community and and their loyalty to the club you know they've been with us a lot of them have been with us since the very beginning and they just right. keep coming back so yeah we've, we've built this community that's uh, you know they want to still be a part of because it's their their friends. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a, a very niche market, too. So to be able to see that type of growth within that is amazing. And I think it also speaks to not being afraid to really niche down and provide something very specific because there is a market for it, you know, in most cases. Um, and even gym owners who own, you know, general population fitness facilities are kind of afraid a lot of the times to really niche down and target specifically who it is that they want in their programs and they want walking in their doors because they want to cast a wide net and just kind of get in as many people as as possible but you know it is possible to be able to niche down provide a very specific program work with a good amount of people and not necessarily always have to have a large amount of people coming in constantly to be able to maintain that and you know and when you do have 
a program that's very specific. Most of those people, like you said, are very invested in what it is that they're doing. So they do tend to stick around for a, a long time and that provides a very solid foundation that you can then build off of. So it's, it's not a bad thing to be niched down and be very specific about who it is that you are serving. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, right down to the almost to the age group, uh, right. you know, like I learned, uh, I, I actually did some business coaching in the past and learned uh, very quickly about, you know, the importance of having who is your avatar. Yes. And who are you talking to? And, uh, you know, talk to that person on your website and show yes. pictures of exactly who your avatar is. Uh, and they keep coming. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, that looks like me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes the advertising piece so much easier. Because yeah. when you define your avatar very specifically, like you said, even down to their age, sometimes their job, what their family looks like, like if they have kids, if they don't have kids, um, you know, what their day looks like when they're busy, things like that. It makes it so much easier to target them because you can set up your website to speak directly to them. If you're running ads on Facebook, for example, you can write your copy to specifically talk to those people rather than just kind of racking your brain, trying to figure out, you know, where to go with that. It makes it so much more direct and, and simplifies things for sure. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I learned at this big athletic club, if I call it the cheers concept, I don't know if you ever watched that. Yes. Well, you're from Massachusetts, right? So you know the, the TV Rhode show. Rhode Island, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same area, um, yeah. Yeah, same sort of area. So yeah, it's the cheers concept. Everybody knows your name. The yes. people are always the same, right? So in that big, big athletic club, what I realized is that people need, even in a big club, they need to, to get small, right? They, yes. want in, they want somebody who knows their name. Mm -hmm. They want to gather at the same time as the other people who have their same interests. So right. within that club, um, I started an outing club. I started an investment club, um, any uh, a running club, a triathlon club within the club. And then there was another reason for them to show up. Right. The worst part of going into an athletic facility is not talking to anybody at all. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You're kind of lonely in a crowd, I call yes. it. You know what I mean? And it's right. so important that, you know, you walk in that door and you've got this big family of friends and you can't wait to go the next day and, and be part of that family of friends. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that kind of throws gym owners off in general is feeling like they have to compete with those larger facilities, but you mm -hmm. don't have to because what you provide is so much different than what they provide, right? So it's like when you are walking into these larger facilities, a lot of times, like you said, you're alone in a crowd. People don't really know your name. You're not really, I mean, sometimes you'll develop some friendships with people who are there, but it's it's a different feeling and it's a different level of service when you're in mm -hmm. a smaller facility or a privately owned uh 
smaller community it's it's just different you know and and people mm -hmm. are looking for that people always want to feel a part of something and it is really nice to be able to come in and have that family feeling you know and that's a lot of times what keeps people motivated and keeps them going and that's a big reason why a lot of times people are paying memberships to these larger facilities and just not going right and they they thrive off of people who are paying and not going to the facility, whereas it's the opposite for the smaller privately owned programs so that's right. a huge piece to to keep in mind and there are enough people out there uh for each of these things so not yeah. not feeling like you have to compete with those larger facilities is an important thing to keep in mind as well. So now, obviously, we've just transitioned almost at the end of January now, which is crazy already. Mm -hmm. uh, but the new year, so big time, big planning time for business, for life in general, typically. So what are your goals look like for the new year for the business? What's the main focus? Is there anything specific that you're working on for the new year? Yeah, so I mean, now that we've hit 122, now we're we're talking about okay, look, what's the next goal, and that's that's to reach 150 members, mm -hmm. and uh, how are we going to do that? Well, I've had a lot of time to think, obviously, being shut down like this, and right. I've taken the time to become a coach mentor for other coaches. So awesome. I'm I'm a learning facility facilitator now for triathlon Canada. So I can now coach other coaches to become coaches, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> with that, you know, we're bringing in new younger coaches. I think it's mm -hmm. really important to uh, grow the sport, continue to grow the sport of triathlon. And what's happening is we've got all these people who, you know, in 2002, everybody jumped on the triathlon bandwagon. Everybody got, you know, excited about Ironman, but now it's time to bring in the next generation. So right. Um, I've hired a bunch of younger coaches and uh, we're starting a beginner triathlon program uh, at the beginning of February, uh, where what we've done on, on social media, as we said, we want to do this. This is a pilot project. We've invited them, uh, you know, text me if you want an invitation to this program. Uh, and so we've invited them to the program and we're really, really excited, you know, to teach the next generation about yeah. triathlon and yeah. grow the sport in general yeah awesome that's great so expanding and bringing bringing in the the next generation to continue what it is that you've started that's amazing yeah yeah awesome so now one thing that i always love to ask every gym owner every business owner that i speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering starting their own thing going their own way within their business, starting a new business, what would that be? Um, I think it would come back to community and the importance of building community. Uh, mm -hmm. That is something that definitely keeps people in your business. And yes. we did a survey monkey over the summer um, and ask the question, you know, what is the, what is the reason? Why are you, why are you still a member? And mm -hmm. why are you coming back? And why are, and why wouldn't you join? And the number one reason people join our club is for, for the community. Right. So I would say, you know, people don't care what you know, they care how much you care. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if you care a lot about them and they realize that you, you care about your, their fitness, their health, their happiness, 
then they'll keep coming back. Right. Create a place, a space for them to be safe to talk about what's going on. Create this community, social, uh, uh, different activities. Like we've got a social coordinator who mm -hmm. you know just builds out social activities because right. people, especially after COVID and during COVID, like we are right now, like right. they they need to see people. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge aspect of it. And even more so than the fitness side of things. I mean, the fitness side of things has always been so important and it has be become even more important uh, for people to live a healthy lifestyle after this or, you know, because of the pandemic. But the mental side of it was a very big piece of it for a lot of people being so isolated for so long and not being able to see your friends and talk to people and just have that connection is really hard mentally because these programs and these things that we get involved in within the fitness industry a lot of times that is our socialization as well you know so it's like not only physical but it's huge as far as the mental piece of it goes so mm -hmm. uh you know, having that good community, especially like you say now is so important as far as getting back to some sense of normalcy or uh, getting back into fitness and just keeping people motivated and, and feeling like a part of something larger than themselves is a huge, huge piece yeah. of importance within the business for sure. Uh, and and that sort of comes to the the question you had for me earlier um, when we were offline about you know do I get into weight loss and I think yeah I I don't talk about weight loss I, I right. I'm a big believer that if you're healthy mm -hmm. and if you're happy whatever happens with your weight will happen you know mm -hmm. as long as you keep moving and we talk about you know healthy fueling as long as you're happy mentally things will all work out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's where it all starts, right? Yeah. It's, it, that's the, the most important piece. And then that leads into every other aspect of your life as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Perfect. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, so we are on Instagram and Team Triumph Triathlon Club on Facebook. Uh, same thing, Team Triumph Triathlon Twitter, um, and uh, gotta look at TikTok. Yes, that's, yes, <laughs> that's, that's a big be, one lately. Yeah, yeah, especially if we're gonna build out the uh, the next generation. Yeah, we're we're looking right. at TikTok next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the space to get into. Everybody's like it, trying to figure it out right now. It's between uh, TikTok and then Instagram Reels. Those yes. two things tend to be the the most popular things right now. So, yeah, definitely a, a good thing to start investigating and figuring out how it all works. <laughs> yeah, and podcasting too. I think that's a really important part of growing your business these yes. days. Yeah, being yeah. everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yes, being reachable from anywhere, and that's actually the nice thing too about. Uh, the online training is that you can help people from anywhere all over the world. So exactly. that's, that's a nice piece of it as well. All right. Awesome. So Julia from Team Triumph Triathlon Club and online store in Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome having you on the show.
Thanks for having me. Great chat. Of course. Yes, absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Dr. Lady Velez from Red Hook Strength Works in Brooklyn. How are you doing today? I am good, Dominic. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me onto this podcast today. You are very welcome. I'm excited to do our on-air part. My brain is still melting from our pre-podcast talk. <laughs> Um, I'm going to let you take it and just tell me about the facilities. I know you're, you're two facilities now, Red Hook Strength Works. What are you all about there? What are you doing? What's your, you know, what's your, what's your mojo there? Yeah. So, I mean, well, so we're an unaffiliated gym, but we used to be an affiliate. And if you want to think of it, we're kind of like the third generation. It originally started as Columbia Street CrossFit. Then it moved a couple blocks um, and became CrossFit Red Hook. And then me now as the owner, um, and this is last year. So I, I decided that despite the pandemic, I was still going to buy the gym because um, this was early in January 2020 where I was like, yeah, you know, um, the previous owner wanted to sell. I had been already coaching there. So, you know, with kind of a lot of the controversies with with CrossFit, we, we unaffiliated a lot of our members kind of expressed that uh, concern. And again, we, we thought of it more so that the community is what created the space. And, and that's actually a big part of how I run my business or, or, or these two locations that I have. So I just opened up this new one in Williamsburg, has the same name. Um, you know, the Instagram's now changed to Williamsburg, Williamsburg Strength Works just to make it easy for people. And so I can cipher off things because I'm still cleaning lady, head programmer, you know, marketing, email, I'm all these things and roles, which I'm sure you know from your experience, and I'm sure a lot of gym owners or new gym owners um, experience as well. But our model is uh, strength training, uh, really kind of making it accessible to all levels. And, and that kind of means varying the program, but having some consistency. So, you know, people who are like, hey, I just want to lift heavy shit. Great. And some people are like, I still need my cardio. Like, I, I want that stuff. I got you. And some people who are like, I just want to get some baseline strength. So we offer a little mix in our program so that everyone has the opportunity, whether they're trying to build up their base of strength for simple things like, you know, day to day or people who are like, yeah, like I'm a longtime athlete and I still like to stay active and I still want to challenge myself. So we, we give people a little bit of everything from the powerlifting to the weightlifting, to the gymnastics, to a couple of themes, um, depending on one cycle of our program that we're on. So that's kind of our, our um, 
feel. And I think probably and something I'll mention here too is important is that I really try and create really as a space that I'm not um, categorizing people, you know? And so I make that very clear in, in the most basic of things like, you know, addressing people the way they want to be addressed. And that includes their pronouns, um, not discriminating in any aspect. And that includes body. So I don't talk anything about um, people's bodies or diet in my gym. That's a, that's a really big thing that sometimes a lot of people come to me and I'm like, I'm, I'm not that space. So if that's what you're looking for, I'm not going to be able to offer you that. And I just mentioned that so that I don't have to then go back later on. Um, yeah. And so I really am just focused, given especially my background in medicine, is I want people to feel welcome, that they want to come back and that they're reestablishing or really creating a connection that strength training or working out is a fun thing. You know, it should be fun. I think it's fun. Not everybody does, and that's okay. You don't have to come to my gym. Maybe you like to hit some shit. I've, I've been currently doing Muay Thai and um, it kicks my ass and it's been great. It's been great to continue to evolve my fitness journey. Um, yeah. Perfect. So the biggest thing that I think a lot of people, I, there's a million things that I'm sure we could do <laughs> you in your, in your professional journey and where you are. But I think the, the cool thing is going to be talking about your transition from owning one gym to two, because it sounds like it might only be double the work, but sometimes it feels like it's 10 times the work. So <laughs> what, what catalyzed this for you? Did you feel like, all right, gym one, I have everything figured out. Everything is going as perfectly, as smoothly as it can be. So now I'm just going to go open the second one to help more people, or was it more, you know what, I still have some, there's some bumps and warts and there's still stuff I can learn, but I have this opportunity. Something came up. I feel called to have the second one. Where were you that made you say like, all right, now is the time location two. I would, I would say it's a little bit of both. So, um, as, as most things, I will say it's based off also on the fact that I don't do well, um, with, easiness of things you know I think anybody especially that goes into medicine or career similar to that we may be a little crazy we like to be busy and I do and so I like problems and as much as I might be like oh shit I like that I like being challenged because I learned something new of all the gyms that I've helped build even before I became an actual gym owner I learned a lot just the most basic shit just things like shit, electrical work, or how do I want to organize a space? Or if I'm going to drill in these squat racks here, how is that going to affect the flow or the potential classes or the types of memberships, right? All these little things that are really different parts, right? In terms of like purely business and then a whole other side of like community, right? Like what are you going to do when you create spaces, physical spaces in, in a particular way or like what equipment, right? Where you go to gyms and oh man, they have a bunch of rowers or they have a bunch of assault bikes, right? It, it changes the programming and it changes the feel of the space. So Red Hook has been amazing to me in the last year. I feel very lucky that we've been able to survive and, and, and be good during the pandemic. Made some changes during that time where I, I took a risk. It's like, let's move from the original space we were at. So we're still in Red Hook, but we moved somewhere that had a storefront and was right on the corner. It gave me a really big wall so I could make this huge mural with our name so that it would attract more people um, and upgraded little things like um, the heater and things like that. And because of COVID added in a second door so there was more airflow. Again, little things, right? Again, I didn't expect to own a gym during 
of global pandemic. So it changed any prior experience I had in building a gym. We're in a good place where I was like, well, I could expand this place or I can continue to fill in more classes and let this be. But I had my previous community from another gym in Bushwick. And I had been for a while being like, I need, I want to create another space, but kind of finding the right time. And so what I'll mention here too, is that I actually partnered with another business that is actually a boxing gym and they didn't have a space. And I was like, why let's, let's maybe team up. Cause I was telling him, I was like, Hey man, like you should have your own space. He's like, is there any chance you'd be interested in like getting a bigger space? And we just split it in half. We would have both of our communities you know, we'd each have run our own business because one's boxing and one's obviously strength training. So they're different realms within the fitness world, but also the way we lead things is different. And I was like, yeah, let's try it out. And, you know, at first I was like, let's see. And then a space kind of like presented itself to us. And, you know, yeah, again, sometimes it's like luck where I'm like, shit, okay, this, this is my workout and this will be good because I, Again, finances, right? You still have to think about as much as you want to help people. If you're drowning, then you ain't helping nobody, right? So a lot of gym owners, I'm sure, can very much relate to that, um, especially, you know, during the pandemic. So, yeah, um, I was able to get that space and, and was able to speak to an investor who was like, believed in my vision. And I was like, look, this space, I can make it a little different. Every community is different. So I don't think there's like, I'm done and it's like, whatever. I think if anything, I'll be like, what else can I give to make this better in the right way? You know, in the same way, you don't want to start too big, starting small and slowly growing where appropriately, because if you suddenly expand, the community might feel like a little lost, you know? So for me, it's always about what are my members telling me and how do they feel? You know, if I see them continuously coming back, and getting stronger. And then I see other people coming in because they're like, oh, so-and-so told me about this space and they're totally right. I'm like, great, that's what I want. So having the perspective of the first gym and, and things being like, I have time now because I get to choose when I sign the lease, <laughs> right? And not being a like full throttle pandemic where I have to just run classes outside. I was like, I'm going to create my team. So I spent about two, three months creating my team and being like, look, I'm going to get a gym. And my goal is to have it by October. So if it doesn't happen in October, maybe it'll happen next year. But I was like, would you be interested? You'd be like, helping out. You would coach what days, what time slots. So it kind of just fell together. And I was like, I have the ability to obviously adjust the programming. So I was going to do things similar that I knew people would want from me, which is what I'm doing now, where it's like um, a strength series. One, it's like people who've never touched a barbell in their life. You know, it's like signing up for a college course. These are the days, this is the time you show up, you learn. And, you know, it's almost like you graduate together. And then there's a second level where it's like, well, you have strength training, but you know, the pandemic and you haven't done shit and you want to be with people and you want to have a community. So here's that course. And then a little mix in between. So it's different. They, they are very slightly different business models there. Um, but the feel is the same. I'm just trying to make people feel welcome into this space. So it may attract a, a very particular crowd that is different. And so challenges me in the way that I'm like, how do I meet the needs of that crowd if I'm expecting to sort of run on its own? Um, 
I don't know if that fully answered your question or if I went on too many tangents. I think that about <laughs> 10 questions that I was gonna, that I was gonna ask. And that's that's fine, right? That's why we keep this conversational and you know we we go in the direction we do. So I think just to bring it back a little bit, it seems like it, there was a unique opportunity that presented itself. Mm -hmm. If you were still just in Red Hook, there is still work to be done there. There are still places you can grow as a business, as an owner, but you saw something you had that had a need. Um, and, and people may not realize this, but you have to know the city. You talk about different neighborhoods. They might as well be different worlds or at least yeah. companies in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really different and unique dynamic. So if there is this community that you saw there with a need and then you had a friend who wanted to do a thing. It wasn't that you couldn't have just stayed with Red Hook. The time was there. Something something was looking you in the face and you're like, fuck yeah. it. Like I'm gonna do this too. And yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. You know, I know some things about running a gym. I know enough that I I think I can do this and I want to share it with this community so that they don't have to say, you know, lady, I want to train with you, but you're in Red Hook. I can't come there. So right. It really was a combination, a combination of both things. Like you could have been happy just in your community of Red Hook until the right thing came along. Mm -hmm. And this was it. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't, you weren't dying to do something else, but you have that energy where you will eventually do something. Yeah, else. yeah. I'm just a little, just a little antsy. Unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword that I have to really a little, right? A little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Not no stopping you for sure. So how do you split? your attention in your work like we're going to talk about maybe just some of the functions of the business like both places could grow are you currently growing membership in both of them are either one at capacity for actual bodies in the door yeah i mean there's there's always still room in red hook right now and i would say until i get to a point where every single class is uh packed I don't, I don't consider thinking about like expanding physically mm -hmm. space that that is that is the next step in my you know, because when I have something I'm really also thinking about protecting myself financially so that I can continue to provide the services. And by that I mean the quality of the service like my expectation is the client should be getting a certain type of training. And that would mean that I know them enough to be like, how do I build that consistency so that they're getting stronger and then they know how to adjust accordingly? And how do I challenge them enough with, with certain skills or, or a focus for the month or for the week on getting better? Um, it's, it's also what goes into why I hire who I hire. Uh, they are providing a, they're delivering information or coaching in a way that is different than mine that I think is necessary. While I may think I'm a good coach, and I'm only one person, even we become biased. You know, even I stop to see things and I need to be able to see the perspectives working with other really good coaches that are really good in whatever field they're in. So if they're a powerlifting focus, weightlifting focus, or mixed focus, I want to see how they run that warm-up. I want to see how they direct that class. It teaches me, it continues to redefine the ways I'm like, oh, that's a really great way to think about that movement you know, and this is a really great way to get someone to get stronger. Um, and so I've applied that, but expanded in a better way where, again, because I'm a little crazy, 
and I mean that in a way that like, because I'm like so much energy and like my brain's going everywhere that it's, it's been a process to learn over the last year in this role as a business owner, as a head coach or a leader or whatever you want to call it, that you have to learn to delegate and you have to learn to communicate better. And so, and that also means like sometimes having uncomfortable conversations or stop making assumptions about what you think people will say. And so for me, it's been very much like, as long as I stay true and honest to myself and what I believe in and how I want things done, then things will go that way. And so that's truly been a process for me because it's, I'm, I'm a, I work very well, but mostly that's been on my own. So it's, that's been a lot. You can't do that as a business owner. You will burn the fuck out. And I learned that within two months <laughs> of running my business dead into the heat of the pandemic, you know, where I was like, all right, we're going to run out their classes. I don't give a fuck. They took us out of the phases. I'm going to do this shit. And being like, wow, this is, this is a whole other thing. Why? Cause you're like, am I going to make rent? Can I pay for these other things? I got to get masked. Did I cover all my bases? Did someone, you know, sort of have their mask down and like now someone's uncomfortable and they're going to drop their memory. Like all those things that people do not talk about, that are about the stresses of being a business owner. It's, it's, it's about being also honest with yourself and communicating. And so in building the second space, a lot of it for me is like having a really honest down to down, like heart to heart conversation with my coaches or prospective coaches be like, this is what I want. Come by the gym, run a sample class. These are the adjustments I want you to make. This is how I want you to run that space. But I want there to be open communication as to what may or may not need to be adjusted. I think that is something that makes a difference that when I trust my staff to do what I believe in and how we wanna create a safe space, I don't like to say safe space, I wanna create a space where people feel welcome, you know, and that's, that matter, it doesn't matter what your level of, of background and strength training is from a total veteran of being like, I'm a fucking badass, like I just deadlifted 300 for shits and giggles without a warm up to someone who's like, you know, doing presses at five is a lot. That's totally fine. I want everybody to feel like we're having a good time here. So splitting my time, it, it's, it's more just about like having more honest conversations with my team, you know? And I think it also does help that in this second space where this opportunity presents itself, I don't feel like it's all on me because in the back of my head too, I'm like, well, worst case scenario, things fall apart and his business is expanding. I'll just sublet my side. Like, this is how my brain works from like, I need to cover my bases and think about these sort of things. You know, not because I'm like, it would be, it'd be like, well, it just didn't work out and that's okay. But I needed to try. And this is how I know how to build a gym. You know, we built it in like three weeks and it was the roughest three weeks of my life while running another gym. But that's how I like to do things. I know what I want. And once I have it there, my, it just all falls into place. If I don't know, if I don't feel strongly about it from the heart, it's not something that's going to go. I usually instinctively like, mm, yes, or I'm like, mm. if I'm hesitant, it's probably not going to happen. If I'm like dying and just like trying to keep myself chill, that means it's going to happen. And when the opportunity presents itself, I'm just going to grab it and go. That's the, yeah. So that's what I was seeing right there is I think it's good that you're the type of person who has, you have contingency plans. You're like, I'm going to do this, but if it doesn't work out, this is what I'm going to do. But I also feel like 
you're going to keep anything that you try to do, you're going to keep it going just based on sheer willpower. <laughs> so there's not really anything left in you to give. And that can get you pretty far. But also, burn me out. Yeah, either one. <laughs> self awareness of that, of knowing that you could get burned out or knowing that everybody is a work in progress. Where do you see yourself? And I feel like you're going to be your own toughest critic, but what do you feel like you need to grow to ensure that both businesses survive and thrive? Like, is there a skill you need to acquire? Is there somewhere you need to grow as an individual? Like, what do you feel like is the biggest thing that you can work on for yourself as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, to ensure that things keep going in the direction that they are? I, I would say more about trust, uh, but like, well, okay, no. I, I would say, I, to be quite, quite honest, is making sure I prioritize and actually stay to my own health. And for me, that's like, I need to get my training in. Like, I, you know, when I'm building a gym, sure, it can take a little bit of a backseat. But I need to prioritize, and that's that's something also I kept very much consistent um, since owning. Is I was like, I I I can't rearrange my training schedule to fit in another client or do this. So like having sort of blocked off me time, meaning this day and time is when I fucking get my own ass kicked. This is when I learn from another coach where. I'm not responsible for that space. I walk into that gym and I'm the student. I am not an owner. I'm not a coach. I'm just someone else trying to learn who sucks at something and is being humbled by the experience because that in itself teaches me to be more resilient, right? If I'm not taking care of my needs and this is why I got into it, right? It, yes, it's fun building stuff, but I love working out. I love the challenge of a new skill and getting better at it. You know, that when I first started, I was like, I never, I'm never going to be able to kick up to the wall. I was terrified I was going to break my neck. It was just like, you know, my next goal is, is the rope climb. I'm terrified of heights. You know, I've been rope climbing with the harness that I do, but actually climbing up, I'm, I'm just not, you know, unless there's like a bunch of mats on the floor, I'm not going to do it. So for me, it's about, um, prioritizing that while also being okay, not controlling everything. Now there's a fine line there, right? Because like, I am who I am. I, I love this stuff. So I will never expect someone else to love it as much as me. And I'd say this a lot too, with even other people when we're talking about like, you know, what a privilege I feel it is that I get to do this, that, the percentage of people who actually love their job is very minimal, you know, and that it's a privilege that I, I get to wake up and do the shit. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. Those are two different things, like easiness of something and loving what you do. They're sometimes actually not in the same page. You just will do it in the same way when you fall in love or in a relationship, like it is work and effort but you are willing to do that work and making that effort because you feel like it's an investment in you. So 
would I ever expect someone that I'm like, you're here for this hour to coach and to care as much as I do and go the extra mile? No. So that's the other honest conversation I have with my coaches of being like, I don't have that expectation. That doesn't mean don't do it if you want. But like, if I see them, like you have to be paid and compensated appropriately for that effort that you're taking. Because if that's something you want to do, then I can foresee and say, you are someone that I can move up and that I would trust to like have a manager role and potentially at some point be like, how do I continue to allow these locations to thrive, right? But I'm only one person, right? Without burning myself out. Understanding in what role I am the most useful and that means prioritizing my time and that when I work, it is the most efficient work I can produce versus sometimes losing time in, in little things that I'm like, should I, should I be the one responsible for that? Am I being just controlling because I'm the way I am? Or should I learn to like delegate and have someone else take this, that it could be done in the same way. So that that's, you know, I will admit that those are the things I need to work on, you know, and, and I'll have that conversation too sometimes with coaches where I'm like, I may text you randomly and, you know, don't, you know, I don't expect you to answer right away, but you can, but like, I don't want you to feel like I'm bugging you because if someone doesn't respond, I'm not going to badger you because that's not really your responsibility. If you're someone that does reply right away, great. But otherwise, I respect those boundaries because there should be there. You know, I want to prioritize that somebody feels comfortable working for me so that they're building their own brand or, or whatever it is their goal is that it's, it's moving toward that. If they're successful, that is my success you know, uh, which is why I think it's, it's really poor taste to like, you know, if somebody leaves you and let's say you dependent on them to get mad at them. It's like, at the end of the day, if they don't own it, like you can't expect somebody to stay and that's okay. So that's also something I think about, you know, when I create schedules, I'm like, well, if somebody needs to cover, could I still cover? Because if I double myself up and I can't, that's a problem because I have to be ready. That is, that is what I signed up for. At least if this is the, if this is how I'm running the business, unless I'm going to have a coverage coach that I'm going to be like the privilege you get is to bring in your clients in this. But I expect that you may potentially, I may last minute call you or text you say, Hey, can you cover that class? Because I don't have anybody to cover that class, but that'd also be somebody I trust that I would want covering that class. Um, that is an issue I run into because I find coaches are a little hard to come by. Um, I'm very picky because I want things run a certain way. Um, so yeah, and I said, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm trying to learn to be better. That's all I can say. We are, <laughs> we are all trying to learn and be better for ourselves and for the people that depend on us. So yeah. on, on that note, we are out of time. Before I let you go, where can people find you online? What are the websites? What are the social media handles where they can find you? Yeah, so the Instagram is going to be our entire gym name all together. So no underscoring. So Red Hook Strength Works. Red as in the color, hook as in the hook, and strength works um, because strength does work. And then the new Instagram we created for our second site, we just switched it to the new location being Williamsburg Strength Works. It's still going to be showing up as Red Hook Strength Works on MindBody, which is the app we use for people to book sessions with us. And then our gym uh, email, oh, sorry, um, website, they stole our .com. So instead of a .com, we had breadhookstrength.works, W-O-R-K-S. So 
I'll mention that because that usually gets people confused and it's, you know, someone's solar.com and that was the best we can do. I'm just, just trying to get shit done. Um, but yeah, I'm keeping everything on that site and that way slowly <coughs> the other pages for our, our Williamsburg location um, and so forth. So, yeah. And if you Google Red Hook Strength Works, it'll come up. You can find it. Check out Lady and her team and her gyms. If you're in the Brooklyn area, check them out in person. Otherwise, check them out virtually. Thank you so much for your time today. I really Thank appreciate you, Dominic. it. Dominic. I appreciate it. Thank you so it, much. It's been great. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. We thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found this valuable. If you want to hear more episodes, more interviews, more roundtable business discussions, click the link, hit the subscribe button, get notified when new message or new episodes drop. And then if you want to be on the show, if you're a gym owner, you're, you're a general manager, you're somebody who's in the field, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm here today with Tamika, owner of Accelerate Performance Personal Training in Merced, California. How's it going, Tamika? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to, um, you know, start chatting about Accelerate Performance Personal Training. Um, so let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your facility. What kind of services do you guys offer? Okay. Well, I own a 2,700 square foot facility. We have a little bit of, um, not say everything, but a little bit of everything. Um, so as you enter in, you know, we only have two treadmills. Um, and then we have a couple of um, assault bikes, rowers, um, a Jacob's Ladder, which is my favorite. I love that. Um, and then I have, I don't know if you heard of it, a um, Limitless Free Trainer. I love that. It is the best. I'm like, I'm in love with it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then I have one cable machine, but really the purpose of this gym is to teach people how to move with their bodies. Their body is the machine, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not just using machines for leverage. Um, then I have a couple of ham glutes, bucks and stuff, a lot of plyometrics because I work with a lot of athletes. Um, and then I have my squat rack area. It's about 24, um, 24 feet. 
um, sleds. I have some grass in here, some artificial grass that is. For sled pushes, a free rate area, um, what my med balls, and then some mats. Yeah, some stretching mats. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Sounds like you guys have a lot of fun toys in there. Um, yes. But I like that your focus is, you know, primarily just getting people to move correctly before they add any sort of like weights or machines or things like that. Yes. So you guys primarily focus on personal training, correct? Correct. All right. But you do have a couple of group classes and you're kind of hoping to branch out into that a little bit further in the near future. Yes, I have two group classes right now at 4.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then 11 a.m. on um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I'm trying to get a 12 o'clock scheduled because I have some girls who used to be in my 12 o'clock class before I relocated, and so they're ready to come back. So um, hopefully we'll get that 12 o'clock started sometime soon. Um, and then I'm trying to get my sports-specific training back up and running again. And my other facility was too small. And so this gives them room for somebody to do squats and deadlifts at the same place, right? The sled pushes, a lot more bounding room, things of that nature. So that's what I really got into business for was uh, to coach athletes and get them stronger and better and more efficient with their movements. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, has that, you know, have you found that athletes ended up being your primary focus or have you also, you know, kind of branched out into just general population training as well? No, I started with athletes being my main focus, um, but it definitely is more general population, mainly people who are like, hey, my doctor said I need shoulder surgery, fix me. I'm like, um, how about you go to a therapist? Right. But, um, and so those are the people that I generally help people that have limited hip mobilities, um, and athletes do too, right? Um, yeah. They don't have enough dorsiflexion in their ankles. So just fixing things of that nature generally is where I'm at. And so now I'm in the process of getting ready to go to physical therapy school next year. So, um, so I can just, because I lose people when I say go see a physical therapist. So I lose some money sometimes. So I figure keep it all in-house. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you're going to branch out into that side of it because yeah, like you said, you don't want to be referring people elsewhere when you, yeah. you know, you know that you can help them. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, okay, cool. So I'm definitely excited to dig into your business a little bit more then. Um, but before we do that, give us a little background on how Accelerate came to be. How did you know it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself? Um, I actually started this twice. Um, I became a personal trainer. I worked in a box gym, of course, just a regular gym. And some of my clients were like, hey, you, you're a coach. And I was coaching at the junior college. I was coaching the basketball team at the junior college. They're like, hey, help my kid, right? <laughs> and yeah. so I oh, basically opened my side business because the kids were too young to work out in the gym. Mm -hmm. And so working on you know, acceleration, working on all their quickness drills, agility, things of that nature, I had opened up this business. And then um, I moved because I got a job. So I went to Georgia. I got a job with a... Um, with a company that was all about doing um, agility and speed work. And they worked with national teams and high schools and all kinds of AAU teams. And then um, when I moved back to California, um, I had just had my daughter. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll wait. And so I knew it was time to open it because my the gym I worked at got bought out by another gym, which I strongly disliked. 
And so my clients were like, Tamika, they're not giving us our sessions, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, just train me on the side. I was like, well, that's unethical. So um, I can't train you on the side. And they were like, well, we got to get our sessions. We paid for them. We'll pay you on the side too, like blah, blah, blah. And so I ended up quitting that gym really quickly and just training my older clients because they, were, they weren't getting their sessions. And so that's how I reopened and started. And I started out of my house. I um, cleaned my living room, took everything out, matted everything and put all my equipment in the living room. And then I did all my um, SAQ work at a larger facility. And I just basically gave them part of what I made, right? And I did all the athletes there. And then um, they ended up closing. I found out Monday that they were closing on Saturday through a client. And so I had to hurry up and find somewhere large enough for me to continue training all of my clients. And so that's how it really happened. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, I'm back. Okay, here we go again. Boom, boom, boom. So um, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm with you on this. Let's go. Let's do it. Right. I love that. Jump right in. Um, yes. That's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's super cool that, you know, even though obviously things didn't really go according to plan, but that you were able to, you know, keep most of your clients and that they had so much faith in you that they wanted to continue to work with you outside of that gym. I love that. Sounds like you have a really good relationship with them. Yes. Perfect. Um, okay, so when did you officially open the facility? Uh, the this facility I officially opened the last week of September. So like September twenty eighth, I think the date was when I I walked into this facility. That that's so cool. How did you go about finding somewhere? Um, you know, obviously it sounded like you had to really do this quickly. How did that How did that happen for you? It was interesting. So um, I've learned that it's not what you know, it's who you know most of the time. And so um, knowing people who own a lot of property in our town, because we're a small town, so a lot of people own the majority of the town and being able to train some of those people, um, you know, I get my foot in. And so I would ask, I would drive around because I was like, I I want this in this location because this is where all the money is happening because they're trying to revitalize the downtown area. So I wanted to be where all the money was coming in at, right? Um, across from the new apartments, across from the new hotel, um, across from all the new restaurants that have been going up. And so I, I called the numbers and I really got a hold of this guy that uh, was a realtor and he was like, hey, we'll come look at these places. And so I had a business partner at that time that was ready to invest in me and, and look at it. And so we really tried to hit the ground running and get, get it started quickly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I love the hustle, just driving around, calling places. That's amazing. Um, are you still in business with your partner? No, no. Within three weeks, um, she backed out. I was like, what? This okay. is when all the finance and stuff is going to happen. And so like literally it is all me at this point. Um, so I have all of the financial burden, mm-hmm. having to make sure that my marketing, right, that my pay scale right keeps my employees here um, and all that good stuff. So yeah, I call it good stuff because challenges are up. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that attitude. And, you know, obviously it's tough having to wear all those hats yourself, doing everything yourself, but on the flip side, you know, it's, it's only you making the decisions. You don't have to consult anyone else before you do it. Exactly. (laughs) 
Perfect. Um, okay, so you already told us a little bit about your space. You said it's 2,700 square feet. How many clients are you currently servicing there? Um, I am servicing 41 clients, 39 are, are mine. Mm -hmm. And then um, I just got a new trainer, so he has two. Yeah. Perfect. And then, um, well, it's funny because usually my next follow-up question is, you know, is that number down from COVID at all? But obviously you were not really in existence until recently, but obviously you worked at other gyms as a trainer. So did you kind of see some of your clients drop off with the pandemic? You know what? Um, <laughs> I think I was a little hard-headed through the pandemic, so I don't want to get myself in trouble. But uh, no, I had just a smaller facility. It was 480 square feet. Mm -hmm. And so I closed for two weeks, and then I handed out all my equipment. And so I was doing Zoom with people. I was um, going to garages with people in their garages and stuff. And so um, mm -hmm. what happened after a few months of COVID is it started growing, mm -hmm. right? People noticed all the oh my gosh, my back is hurting. I'm sitting at home hunched over trying to teach the kids and I need something so I don't kill my kids. And, you know, and so people were just tired, I guess, of being at home. And right. they're like, Tamika, let's train. Figure. Mm -hmm. And it was people I didn't know. It was just referrals that kept coming in. So totally nothing that I was doing, but um, it was awesome. So I was like, yeah, let's go with this. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't tell yourself too short there. It's clearly something you were doing because, you know, word gets around that you're, yeah. yeah, the best trainer around. So that's amazing for sure. Well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you guys have grown. Obviously the PT didn't take quite as big of a hit as like some of the larger group facilities. Um, so that's kind of nice for you as well. Um, okay. So you said that a lot of your clients have come from word of mouth, from referrals, have you ever done any sort of like outside paid advertising on top of that? I'm actually in the process of doing some now, um, but I've done, you know, Facebook leads, things like that, Facebook advertisements, but I haven't done a lot of paid stuff. Um, I think before I got on the back of like prescription bags or um, I was in the newspaper for a while. Um, and that one, I was in the newspaper all year and I received one client, but that, I mean, um, it paid for itself, right? So right. I actually made money off of that one. And then currently, um, since I'm on the opposite side of town and I'm downtown, um, I have my business cards on 22 of 33 tables at one of the most popular restaurants in town. So as they're eating and stuff that they don't need to be eating, they'll look down and see my card, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, call for personal training, right? So, um, so I'm in the process of doing that now, but really most of it's just word of mouth. And that's yeah. how I've been making it for so long. Cause I've been a trainer 18 years and been on my own. Uh, I want to say about 13 of those years. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Um, so what, what are you starting to do now? You mentioned you're starting to do some advertising. What does that look like? Um, it's really just, you know, the Paul's place, putting uh, my, my business cards on their, their mm -hmm. tables. Um, and then more prominent posting with my Facebook and with um, um, in um, I'm, I'm gonna get it Instagram and so I've gotten clients off of Instagram and I don't post regularly but I'm trying to get on a better schedule offer more things for people um, you know bite-sized stuff because I know not everybody can afford my personal training but they can afford classes right so right. I'm doing more bite-sized pe pieces for people since I'll have other people who are able to do that training and I don't have to be available 24 7. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, 
that's very cool. Um, so it sounds like it's mostly all just like through your like actual social media page, not like actual like, you know, ads that pop up. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Um, okay. So um, yeah, like I said, what made you decide now was the right time for you to start kind of making a push with the advertising? Um, you know, like why hadn't you really done that too much in the past? Um, I, because I had too many hats on, right. And when you're trying to be part of every single thing on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and Snapchat, there's just too much, right. Neighborhood, right. There's just too many things to be on. And, um, and this was the first year I got a break of going to school. Cause I just finished my master's in 2019. And then I, at the end of 2019, and so through COVID, I was taking all my classes and prereqs that I needed to for the physical therapy program. And so, um, you know, I wasn't working as much. So I needed to start getting people to see my name and my branding and my logo over and over and over again. And so that's why I'm pushing it now because it's not just me feeding me right. now, right? Now I'm feeding my trainer and his twins. And so making sure that we and him, he has enough to keep going means I have to be more, I guess, disciplined and actually have a marketing plan now where I didn't have one before. Mm -hmm. That's awesome that you're, yeah, finally in a place, have some help where you feel like you can expand. Um, so you personally are at 39 clients right now. Do you yes. think that's max capacity for you? Are you looking to get a few more yourself? You know, what kind of, what do you think is your limit there? Um, right now, 39 is fine with me just because Again, I am taking, I'm taking a biomechanics course right, right now um, and I coach. And so my daughter's getting ready to start playing basketball again too. So uh, it, it's hard to be in all the places at the, at the same time. So, um, you know, my evenings are always booked because of basketball and, um, you know, my daughter's games are in the evenings and then Saturdays with tournaments coming. So um, mornings are better for me and it's just easier to get my clients in and done. And then I can go about the rest of my day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, about this might be tough to answer because I know you have one trainer, maybe another one coming on board here pretty quick, but do you have an ideal number in your head as to like total number of clients or members that you want for the facility? Yes. I want to double what we're doing now. Yeah. And so let's say we're at 41 but 90 is my goal. Um, and 90 is my goal by April, right? Okay. So you get all the people. We'll get a couple more people at the end of the year. And I'm really just saying about five to 10 people by the end of the year. But then coming January, you know, when everybody's like, let's get it, um, making sure that we're reaching out. So, no, oh, I forgot to say another thing that we're doing is I'm going back through all my old clientele and reaching out and my newsletters and, um, you know, asking for more referrals, I can reach out that way too. So my goal is to, well, four reach outs a day. So two to past clients and then two to basically referrals or, or new um, cold leads. Mm -hmm. And so those numbers, if they go well and I can get people through the door, we're closing at a, over 80% right now. So if we continue to do that, then this gym definitely will get that 90 people by the end of April. Perfect. I love that. I love that you have, you know, a very specific end goal in mind. It's not just like, I want 90 people 
at some point. Uh, I love that you have, you know, your certain number of reach outs that you're doing every day. I think that really kind of helps for you to hold yourself accountable. That's perfect. Um, Okay. So yeah, I mean, sounds like you have a pretty awesome close rate when you get people into the gym. So tell me a little bit about your sales process when someone, you know, you get a referral, someone responds to you on social media, you know, when they walk into the gym for the first time, what happens then? Oh, um, thank you for asking. I just redid my sales process. I've been going through NPE. And so that sell, I don't know what it stands for, but <laughs> the sales process um, is essentially the same, but that first conversation is more of a pre-qualifier, uh-huh. uh, which I hadn't done previously. So when somebody calls, when I reach out, whatever it is, the first thing I do is ask them what their goals are. So I say, hey, tell me a little bit more about yourself and, and you're a little bit about your goals. And so people love to talk about themselves, right? So mm-hmm. we get them talking. And then from there, um, I ask them, hey, are you currently exercising or following any kind of routine program? And most of the time it's no, um, or it's very inconsistent. And then the last thing is I want to know your motivation. What is call- causing you to reach out now? Mm-hmm. And so once they tell me that stuff, it's easier for me just to run down. Okay, well, this is, I summarize, right? We pack it together where I hear you saying that you want to get on the floor and play with your grandkids, but you have too much hip pain and that limits your going outside because you don't feel like you can. Is that correct? Or whatever it is, right? And after I summarize, I kind of go through what my program looks like. You know, hey, um, my clients train with 60 minutes you know, two to four times a week, you know, and I tell them what that kind of looks like. Um, and it's a very brief, it's like four sentences that I go through with them. And then I tell them, Hey, the investment will cost you anywhere between 580 to $1,200 a month. Does that fit in your budget? Right. Mm-hmm. So I get everybody out of the way <laughs> that it doesn't fit in their budget. <laughs> um, and that's awesome. And so like, Hey, if they can't do that and they're like, Oh yeah, that's definitely not in my budget. And I was like, and I can totally understand. Mm-hmm. I said, we also have 30 minute programs that we work with people two to four times a week. And that starts at, you know, and I give them rates for that and they're like, okay, well I can do that. And if not, that's fine. Um, but then we see a schedule a consultation. And I really make sure that I get their spouse in or whoever else is going to be the decision maker. Right. Yeah. So um, it's great that mom wants to work out. But without dad who's paying for it, it's, you know, and if you just run home and tell them the cost, you know, that's like, hey, I need $1,200 a month to work out four times a week for an hour, you know, for 12 months. He's going to be like, hell no, that costs way too much. Like, <laughs> no. So if I get them both in and go through the process with them, and so he can actually see what his wife will be doing or whoever they bring in, like, hey, do you have a decision maker that likes to come with you on things like this, because this is a big decision. And if you have a support system, so you really push the support. If you have a support system, it's much easier to succeed than it is to fail. But as if, it, if it's against one against four when you get home, because you have three kids and a husband who all want you know want to eat differently, want to do this, you're not going to see the results that you want, yeah. right? Yeah. And that taxes a person mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so they end up giving up. So if I can get that person other decision maker in the process, then that's, it's a game winner at that point, for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's funny, it sounds like you're very well versed in sales. Um, Tell me, you mentioned you're doing some sort of like, is it like a program or a checklist, the NPE that you mentioned? Um, Tell us more about that. Um, 
It's called All the Closers by NPE, and I wish I really knew what NPE stood for. Um, but what they do is they streamline everything for you and give you scripts. Um, and in the auto closer program, it's a six month program. Mm -hmm. And I ended up joining that one because I, I just couldn't afford the, the larger one to help me grow my gym faster mm -hmm. and better. And that was a year program. But they teach you how to build rapport in the beginning. And like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I came from insurance sales. And before that, I was in other, and whatever. So I came from a sales background. And so um, the sales part for me wasn't very difficult. It was just learning their scripts, like getting that second person in. I'm like, uh, no, I'm like, that's, and the way they word it, they give you, you know, you have freedom to change the wording right. of it, but they give you an intro that you do over the phone. Cause you always want to get on the phone, not just to email. Mm -hmm. Like Google is huge for me. I get a lot of leads from Google and, um, you know, just getting them on the phone real quick or getting them, you know, to find out if they can pay for it instead of just emailing or texting back and forth. And so they go over that program with you. And then they have, you know, once you get them in, you let them know, Hey, the rapport is built. Hey, these are three things that we're going to do. Just like when I spoke to you today, right? You yeah. told me exactly what the agenda was, what was going to happen. And so I tell them, hey, we're going to dive into your goals and really find out your true motivation and why you're here, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I've learned with clients, they usually don't know why they're here, right? I want to lose right. weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? We all want to lose weight, right? I mean, you could be the most in-shape person and doing competitions and you still want to lose a little bit more weight to get some definition, right? so why do you really want to lose that weight or why does it do how do you feel like so they teach you to ask all those questions um and most i knew um but they even on the motivation section they give you a couple more questions that i wasn't asking before and yeah. so i love that so like hey if you don't hit your goal katie um how is that going to make you feel yeah right and how is that going to shift because you said you wanted to be an inspiration to your kids how is that going to what is that going to show your kids or you know mm -hmm. so they just gave me a few more questions to ask on that and then um the last group is a closing and they help you with everything and they teach you how to market and so they have their a and b programming like your a is a free consultation or whatever and then you have your fallback the b um mm -hmm. which is you know maybe it's a six-week class and they and they tell you how to break it down and then you go on facebook and you post them and you ask for help and they have two calls a week sometimes three that you can get on ask questions you can role play and so that's been even though i haven't done it 100 percent, it's been a great help to actually do that npe what is it called NPE. <laughs> just funny. look up npe auto closers <laughs> oh, that's awesome that's i'm gonna have to look into it like i said i never heard of it but um you know i actually have worked in sales as well so a lot of that sounds super familiar to me um but i love that yeah you really got to dig down and find out why those people are there because otherwise they're not going to be the kind of people to stick around if they don't have that strong why or conviction yes that's what they're doing there all right awesome um okay so you know we've talked about where you are we've talked a little bit about your goals um but i know that you're kind of working on expanding those group classes do you have any other services that you guys offer you know nutrition coaching apparel supplements anything like that um well i do have apparel um <laughs> yeah, I, I do have shirts and bandanas i don't know why bandanas but we thought we'd bring that back and my clients love those for some odd reason um, and that's all that we have on that side of it. Um, we're all nutritionally certified here, but the, in California, there's only so much you can do with that, right? Wow. So we can highly suggest 
Um, I know other trainers run and just make meal plans and all that, but I just highly suggest different yeah. things that we do. Um, the group classes, um, we really do talk about nutrition in that, um, right? The working out, we can help you change what your body looks like. But if you want to lose weight, you, the nutrition has to be on it. If you want to build muscle, the nutrition has to be on it. So we do some strong recommendations. Um, and I've been at Arbonne Consultant forever and a day. And so I'm loving that we came out with our um, one gram, less than one gram protein shake, right? With the sugar, less than one gram. So I love that. Um, but, you know, I just, I just have it out because I use it a lot. And so if people have questions about it, I feel free to I'm all, ask me questions and I'll answer them. I don't want to be, you know, like, right. oh, my trainer only wants me to use her stuff. And I'm like, no, there's 50,000 things you can use, right. but I'm just insane. The cleaner, the better, right? <laughs> cleaner, the better. Um, exactly. But no, that's really all we do is just the personal training and the classes. And then we give some kind of recommendations for nutrition. That's perfect. I love that you guys at least dabble in the nutrition side of things, because obviously, as trainers, we all know that exercise is not going to get you that far if you're still eating like shit. Um, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I think I can say that anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like that's just such a huge part of it that is generally the toughest for most people. It is. It is. And one of the things that I've been using lately, especially for my people who are severely overweight, is going to a group called... Um, overeaters OA. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, a 12 step program basically, but they get a sponsor mm -hmm. and they get some kind of nutritional person in with that. And so it helps them keep it accountable. And then they have to text me, you know, what they're eating and yeah. log it too, as well too. So we try to teach good habits. Like you can't guess, like you, mm -hmm. it's like working out, right? Like why well, did this? And I think, but what did you do last week? You have no clue what you're doing. Right. So how about we track it so we can see what's working and what's not. And so they, I do get a lot of text messages through the day from people's meal plans <laughs> or at the end, at night from their meal plans. And they're like, Hey, by the way, this is what my sponsor told me. Is this okay? You know, kind of a thing, which is nice. That's, yeah. That's perfect. I love that accountability. And you're so right. It's like you, when you're first starting out, you have to track everything. You have to know what is going into your body or you're never going to be successful. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Okay. So as we are winding down on time here, I do have one last question for you that I always like to end with. So if you could go back in time to when you're first starting out and, you know, and give yourself or maybe our listeners here one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Oh, ask for help early and often, mm -hmm. right? Um, people come to me when they want help with their bodies, right? Or their mindsets. And so I have to go talk to accountants because that's not what I went to school for, right? Um, I have to talk to different realtors like, well, hey, what about this? What about that? I have to talk to people about investing, right? Because I don't know. Um, so I would just say ask for help early because if you don't know, you're going to spend so much more time on it than if you just ask somebody for help. Mm -hmm. And some of that comes free, right? You don't have to pay everybody, right. but just learn. And so, um, Hey, that's why I got with NPE because I, I wanted to make sure that all my sales went up. I wanted to close everybody who walked in that door. And before I was sitting around 60 to 72 percent, this during COVID, I was really at 72 percent. Um, mm -hmm. And that's because I never did a pre close. I mean, uh, um, right. Um, uh, you know, make sure they can afford me before they came in. So I, lost, I was losing a lot of time. So ask, right? Ask. A lot of my clients are realtors. Ask, hey, who do you know? 
um, what about this building? Hey, what about that building? So ask questions, ask for help. That's what I would say. Yep, absolutely. I love that. There's so many people that are just, you know, afraid, so afraid to admit that they don't know everything. Um, and I love that you're super open to, you know, getting that help and just, you know, admitting like, hey, I know I do these things well, but I don't know anything about X, Y, and Z, you know, like no one's expected to know everything. So I love that you're just super open to that. That's amazing. Um, so, well, it looks like we are just about out of time. I really, really appreciate you being here with me today, Tamika. It was great to chat with you. Um, so before we go for all of our listeners out there, where, what's your website? Where can we find you on social media and give us a shout? Oh, yes. Excelperform.org. So A-C-C-E-L-P-E-R-F-O-R-M.org. I know a lot of people spell that wrong. So. <laughs> um, so that's the website. That's my Instagram. And that's my Facebook page as well, too. So Excel Perform is right. how you find me anywhere. Yes. Perfect. That's awesome. All right. So to all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Tamika here. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.